welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, Scott. Hey, James. How's it going today? I'm good. You're good. I got a question for you. Uh Uh-huh. How do I word this? Um, How do I save for college if college is not that far away? Meaning, uh, we run into people who they come to us and they say, oh my gosh, uh, I just realized Johnny's four years away from college and I've not really started preparing. I've done stuff for my retirement. I've done stuff for home purchase, whatever, whatever. Um, How do I start to get in a position to fund college if college is not that far away for Johnny or Sally or whatever your kid's name is? John and Sally and whatever your kid's name is. Whatever your kid's name is always an interesting name. Saw it one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. This is it's a, you know this is an important conversation to have. Absolutely. Um, where should we start? Let's start with this. Let's start, so people talk about college planning, and I think a lot of people probably heard the term five twenty nine plan. And we did an yep. episode that talks about what that is. But essentially, what it is is it's a college savings plan yep. where you can invest into a five twenty nine plan, and there's a few benefits. But the main benefit is any money that you save to that account as it grows you don't pay any taxes on that growth if when it comes out you use it to pay for college mm-hmm. so as you're looking at that um the question is hey should i start saving to a 529 plan if college is is, is just down the road mm. and if you live in a state so so every state is different and again we had another episode that talked about this in more detail we can link to that in the show notes some states, they offer deductions for any money that you put into a 529 plan. Right. So if you have that, then then 529 plans can really always be good options for saving for college because you're getting that, that kind of guaranteed deduction for putting money in. Yep. If you live in California, like we do, there's no state tax deduction for putting money into a 529 plan. Right. The biggest benefit of the 529 plan is a tax-free growth. But as we just mentioned, if you don't have that many years before college, there might not be that much growth to even plan for yeah so does it still make sense to use a 529 plan i think is, is kind of the root of this question yeah no that's a good it's a good good place to start um yeah and part of it gets back to your concept of so i think we've talked about it before with compounding and time value of money mm-hmm. right that whole concept of um do you take the penny and double it for 30 days uh, well, if you take the penny and double it for 30 days, a really long period of time, it's like 30 years, right? You end up with a big number. Mm-hmm. When you end, when you, the closer we get to having a need for cash, James, I know we're on the same page where we say be, be more risk averse or be more conservative is another way to think of it. So keep more money in like cash or in bonds, not as much in the stock market because big drawdowns in the stock market can happen at any time. Right. Right. So so if you're there, I agree with you. It kind of lends itself towards maybe investing in a 529 isn't as impactful. And I think you actually put some numbers together for us to speak to that. Yeah. Just for example, let's say that, um, let's say Scott, that you have a a son, let's say Lucas is 17 years old. Yeah. He, he really grows up fast Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you've not saved anything for him Mm -hmm. and he's 17 years old. 
Yep. Well, if you went and saved ten thousand dollars to a five twenty nine plan this year, mm-hmm. if that grew by eight percent this year, so the value of the the money you invested, mm-hmm. that would have grown to ten thousand eight hundred. So right. you would have have eight hundred dollars of gains that would be shielded from taxes. Yep. Which which, which is good. But that's not really that compelling of a reason to use a 529 plan to save a couple hundred bucks on taxes. Yeah, on the shorter end, you're right. So on the shorter end, that that like even if it's just this year and next year, that 10% growth, we're going to get 800 this year. We'll get 800 and a little extra next year because we'll compound on the 800 if we get the 8%. The thing is the range of possibilities for that 8% is not just 8%. It could be yeah. it could be an up twenty plus year like last year in twenty nineteen. It could also be a really negative year. You just don't right. know right. what's coming your way. So that that the probability of it sticking that eight percent or higher is not is is the shorter the time frame, the less likely we are to have a good probability of seeing that positive outcome. And the, right. and the greater the probability that we could see a downward outcome. Uh, absolutely. And even if you do see that positive outcome. It's not that not much impactful. of a, it's not a compelling reason to use it. Right. Like Whereas I, could put, if you had, I could put the 10K and go earn 2% uh, close to it and in an high yield savings account and make 200 bucks. My difference is 600 bucks. Right. So it's more important that I save the 10K than it is like how I went and earned the money on top of it when I'm that close to needing the funds. Yeah, fully agree. Whereas if you had 10 years in that same example, if you were saving $10,000 for, for Lucas's college for 10 years, that would have resulted in $45,000 of just growth. So yeah. you would have put in $100,000 of your own contributions, and there'd be $45,000 of growth that would be shielded from taxes because of the 529 plan. Mm-hmm. So it's a very compelling reason to use it when you have a long time frame to go. Yeah. So if you have a long time, go listen to our other episode. 529 plans can be great options. But if not, um, what, are, what should you do? Like, Should you still use a 529 plan if college is only a few years out for, for your child? Man. Maybe. I think there might be some other options that might be more intriguing if you have the ability. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing to think about there when we go back to 529s real quick is that m- a lot of 529s will have a kind of set it and forget it style of management, um, which is usually based off of a age-based asset allocation. Right, and so basically, what that means is, um, James, you, you and Ashlyn um, have a baby. Congratulations! You just got married, so I'm just speeding up your process of being a family man. Uh, but when it happens, right, you go open that 529 account, and you go invest that money. Well, when we're really young, all that money is going to be in stocks, right? And then as we get closer and closer to being in college, we're just going to go more and more conservative with the portfolio. So we have less likelihood of losing losing that money. Those big swap um, sweeps in the market, like we just talked about. So if that's the way you're invested, just know that putting money in the 529 could still be a nice place to go, but it probably isn't going to do very much for you. Right. Right. So beyond that, where we could go, what are other places we could look at, do you think, to save towards college? Well, I think the first place is if your oldest is approaching college in a couple of years, uh, do they have any siblings? Like the first thing to look at is is if you have a, a child that's approaching college, but you also have younger siblings for that child, one of the nice things of a 529 plan is you can always transfer ownership to other children or really any family. Mm. So yes, maybe you still continue to use the 529 plan. And if the market doesn't work out so hot between now and the time your first child goes to college, consider deferring it for your second child mm-hmm. or your third child or, or any other relative that you might want to use it for. Yeah. So that's the first thing is there's some built-in flexibility for 529 plans of it doesn't have to be used just for the person whose name it's in, for Mm -hmm. the child whose name it's in. So that's one option. 
Um, another option that we looked at or we were talking about before we went on here is when you are looking to save money, you're always trying to balance how to hit certain goals, how to fund certain goals. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm trying to save for retirement and I'm also trying to save for college and I have a 15-year-old who's going to be in college in three years. Right. Well, if I'm looking at my budget and how much I can save, let's assume I can save $20,000 for a year. Okay. I could look at putting 10000 away for retirement and then maybe 10000 in a very conservative investment because college is coming up in three years for my oldest. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one option. Um, but as an alternative, maybe I take that 20000 and I say, I don't want to invest this in something that's really not going to grow, like a just very safe alternative for college. What if I take that full 20000 for the first three years and fully invest that in my retirement? 401ks, Roth IRAs, whatever it is, where I know that I have time on my side, so I don't care so much. I'm not so reliant upon what the market does. I can fully let that money grow for when I'm going to need it. Mm-hmm. Then when my child turns 18 and goes to college, then I could shut down retirement contributions or at least lessen them because I've front loaded them to a certain extent mm-hmm. and cash flow college a little bit better. Mm. So it's just a way of kind of using the timing of when you need certain, need to access your savings, yeah. use it to your advantage as opposed to keeping too much on the sidelines invested in cash. It's an interesting thought. I actually have two thoughts from what you just said. The first one is, and and there are calculators out there for you guys to do this. I think, is it um, federalaid.com? I'm sorry, financialaid.gov or something like that. I'm forgetting the exact website, but if you go search student loan financial aid, you guys, you can quickly go look at like what does a in-state tuition cost for your state um, with the parameters of how much money you guys make and all that stuff. And you can get what's called, I like to call it the EFC. And the proper terminology for that, James, is? The expected family contribution. Expected family contribution, which is how much do they think, how much does the, the based on the, the, the statistics and everything, roughly how much are you guys going to be expected to contribute to go to school? And, and two little sub points on that point. One, don't let your kids go apply for school um, at places that you guys don't, it doesn't make sense for you to go apply for school. Like you, we don't let a 16 year old go test drive a Ferrari when they should never be behind the wheels of a Ferrari, right? Maybe because we can't afford it or because it's just too risky. There could be all kinds of reasons, but know going in roughly what you guys want to want life to look like is first. Secondly, um, is once you know what that is and you know what your EFC is, well, how would you guys pay for that now? Cause you don't have much saved yet. So just looking at it from that standpoint, could you make that happen now? And if you could, one of the fastest ways to make sure you guys are okay in college, it's actually something that I'll have people, younger couples do when they want to come in and buy a house. Um, You know, like you and Ashlyn, for instance, if you came to me and you said, I want to go buy a house, you know what I'm going to have you do? Well, before that, I want to go buy a Ferrari. Okay, you can't buy the Ferrari today, James. Can't no Ferraris okay. today, James. Because All right, what am I going to do to buy a what house? I would have you, what I would have you do is go look at the price point of buying a house in Encinitas. And then look at, well, how much, based on the mortgage you guys would get and the insurance and the maintenance and all stuff, what's it going to cost for you to live there above and beyond what you pay in rent right now? And then I would just ask you to start saving the difference. All right? So if, if you have it in your budget already, in your cash flow already that you could start saving the difference, I think your point is right there, right? Like start saving that difference, start saving that EFC amount, and then go look at where to save it. And then once you go look at where to save it, I liked your idea, the, the concept. I would just, I would probably tweak it just a touch. Um, 
Because if you, we don't think we've done an episode on backdoor Roths yet, have we? I can't I remember off the top so. of my head. But if you could have, if you could do what are called backdoor Roth contributions or just Roth contributions to your own personal IRAs, then you, you and Ashlyn, for instance, if you had a little one or a fifteen-year-old that you're saving for, uh, right? So it makes me laugh. <laughs> you guys just got married, but hey, you know, it's life. Um, so if you have that, if you guys could go do um, six thousand dollars per year contributions convert those, let them grow tax-free. Well, with the conversion, every after five years, you can pull out the contribution amount for any reason. Mm-hmm. So now you could be saving towards retirement, but then you could also potentially utilize those funds if you needed to for college as well. Mm-hmm. And so then it gives you some flexibility, mm-hmm. which would be really nice. Yeah. But I love, I love the concept of what you're getting at. It's just looking at, well, what's the right way to solve it for the individual? And there's lots of different solves there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can look to Roth IRAs as part of this and you don't even need to do the backdoor conversions if your income's below the threshold. Right. Just regular Roth IRA contributions. But I think your point is if you're high income and don't qualify for that, right. um, there is a way that you can use retirement plans to save for college. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, so that's one option. Um, one interesting one that I saw recently, and won't apply to a whole lot of people, but I was just meeting with a, a client and they were trying to plan for college. And this was them. They said, mm-hmm. hey, we're in this spot now where we have retirement goals, we have college goals. How do we balance them? And they had extra cash that they could set aside for college. Mm. But because college was coming up in just a couple of years, there wasn't really much of a return that we could expect that they could get on that cash yeah. because it's just too too short of a time frame to really invest aggressively. Mm-hmm. So the alternatives, do you go put that in earn 1.5% in a high-yield savings account? Right. What they did instead is they had a they had a mortgage or they had a mortgage on a rental property okay. that was about ten years away from being able to be paid off. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, with this money, we could actually pay off our mortgage and then use that increased cash flow to cash flow college, mm. not the full amount, but a good portion of it. Mm-hmm. And for them specifically, and this would not work for everyone, and this maybe wouldn't even work for a lot of people, but the, the mortgage interest rate was was high enough that said, okay, you're getting a good rate of return for doing this, mm-hmm. and now cash is freed up for college, and then once college is freed up, you can redirect that to retirement. Uh, it just it just kind of freed up a lot of things in their financial picture. Nice. So th- look at kind of some non-traditional sources too. It's not just how do you save money into only one type of an account. It's look at your entire balance sheet, investments, yeah. savings, debts. How do you rearrange that or how do you look at that uh, with a focus for one on long-term growth, but also current income if you're looking to fund more things today, like college. Yeah, no, and I, that's a wonderful concept. And I, I like, really what you did there was twofold, right? You went and looked at the balance sheet to go like, well, if we're not going to get a great rate of return on saving this cash for such a short-term rate anyway, is there anything else we can do to improve upon the returns that we have all around? And you went and looked at, well, if we reduce this debt, then we automatically get more cash flow. So that's an interesting concept. Uh, and then the other concept is just looking at cash flow overall. What, what de- and it doesn't even necessarily have to be a rental debt in this instance it is, but of all the things that we're paying, is there anything that we can um, shore up to reduce. Now, you, in your instance, it was pay it off mm-hmm. to stop making the payment. But it could also just be when's the last time you guys actually went and looked at everything that you guys pay on a cash flow standpoint. You can go back and listen to our episode on budgeting sucks, do this instead, and just go look at, well, is there anywhere in our life that we're putting away cash that we don't need to? Because if that yeah. exists, then you just shored up cash that you can go save for other things as well. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then if you are going to invest, so kind of a, the, the next point here, if you are going to invest and college is only a couple ways, years away or even a few years away, consider doing it outside of a 529 plan. 
And the reason for that is if you invest and you do so outside of a 529 plan, that money goes up in value. Well, if you don't end up using that money for college because there's a scholarship or because you can cash flow it or because of whatever reason, kid doesn't go to college. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have the flexibility of keeping that money and allowing it to grow for your own personal use or your own retirement or your own whatever you want. Mm-hmm. If it was in a 529 plan, you could still keep that money, but any gains that you pull out, any growth that you earn on that, if it's not used for college, now you're paying a 10% penalty and you're paying taxes on the growth. Yeah. So maybe maintain some of the flexibility by investing outside of that 529 plan. Mm-hmm. Then on the, as an alternative, if that money goes down in value, if you do invest and you do it outside of a 529 plan and you need to use that money for college – not a great, not an ideal scenario, but at least you could write off the losses if the market went down and you mm-hmm. took a loss. Whereas if it was in a 529 plan, you can write off losses, but most people, based upon the way it works, aren't going to be allowed to. And it just has to do with the fact that losses could be itemized to the extent they exceed 2% of your adjusted gross income, which we're not going to fully explain what that means, but most people aren't going to really be doing a whole lot of that either because they don't have enough in losses or because they're not itemizing. Yeah, I think we give a so imagine that you lost twenty. You had a hundred thousand invested in a five twenty nine. You lost twenty thousand dollars, and you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. right? So two percent of the hundred thousand is two grand. Mm-hmm. So until your 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 losses are above two grand, you don't get to itemize them. So you get to itemize eighteen grand in that case. Yep, you got it. And then you don't necessarily need to get get to deduct that, then you add that to your itemized deductions. Mm-hmm. So if you're already itemizing, then yes, you can then add that 18 grand. And if you're not, it's not. If you're not, it's not. Or yeah. maybe it's partially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. And then finally, if you are close and you're saying, you know what, I don't want the risk of the market. Um, I don't want any of this. Well, maybe just use a high yield savings account outside of a 529 plan. Mm-hmm. If it's just cash, if you just want to store up cash to be used for college, 529 plan is not going to offer much help anyways. Again, th- this is specifically speaking to people who don't get tax deductions for putting money into their 529 plan. Th- so people in California, for example, yeah, just store up that money in a high-yield savings account. Yeah, You you, you have access to it. You don't. You, there's not much of a tax deferral. Anyways, a 529 plan will offer. Um, that might be the best bet. Yeah, no, the truth. And then honestly, like even the, um, the, the benefits that we get through states vary, right? So like if, if you're just getting to write off part of your state income tax, it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily become a huge boon or a huge savings. So even then it still may not make sense to go there. So just right. look, it's a state by state case um, and, and take a look at it. So you get a sense of that. Yeah. But basically what I've gotten from this conversation today, and let me know if you would add anything else is number one is if you can save, save. Mm-hmm. Number two is look at where to save, mm-hmm. right? Because there's different places we can go put money. We could either save more to, to retirement now and, and pay more in that cash later. Um, the third thing is if, if you have, if you do have that ability to save, start doing it now and just assume that like, like assume that college has already started. Mm-hmm. So, so that, so that when it actually arrives, it's not as painful. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and then the other thing is make sure, don't make sure you understand roughly what it's going to cost and don't, don't let yourselves go buy the luxury option. If it doesn't make sense to buy the luxury option. Yeah. And I would, the only thing I would add to that is if you are going to use a college 529 plan, they are better if you start early. If you're starting later, you may want to look at alternatives to that because you're, you're, you're just not getting some of the same benefits. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Awesome. That's all I got. You have anything else? No. All right. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show. And for a list of the resources and notes from today's episode, please head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co and find episode number 42. 
you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question you want us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website and there'll be a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your own question for Scott and I to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.